0: This is Pastor Devin, and I just want to say thanks for joining us. And I hope and pray that this message is an encouragement to your life today. Okay, we're in the book of James. We are—I uh, think this is our sixth installment of this series. I, I'm losing track, but I just know where I'm at in terms of chapter and verse. And I hope that you've been enjoying it. Uh, James really is. Uh, Teaching us how to live out this faith. Not just learn about it, but how to live it out. It really is a blueprint for how to make faith work in our lives. And uh, so last week we completed chapter 2. This week we start in chapter 3. What may be the most well-known chapter in the book of James. Uh, The heading in my Bible, the little syntactical heading over the the paragraph there, reads, Taming the Tongue. Um, That's probably something... Y'all we all just went, oh, great. Yeah, that's what he does. Happy Father's Day. Uh, it's probably something we could all do better at, isn't it? Right? I know for me, as I was studying this week, there were moments when it was just painful. Because, uh, you know, before you get up to teach something, before you get up to communicate something, um, it's vital, it's necessary that you, you read it for yourself. That you study it for yourself. Uh, that you learn it, you apply it to your own life first. The goal is for it to do something in your own heart before you can expect for it to do anything in someone else's heart. And so I've been opening my heart and mind up to James chapter three this week. Uh, Boy, there have been times when me and my big mouth got me in trouble. Um, There are times that I just say, "Why, why did I say that? So James has been helping me. I hope and pray that he helps you today as well. James chapter three, verse one. Not many of you should become teachers, Thank you for your encouragement, James. My fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Uh, James informs us right from the top that leaders, that teachers will be held to a different standard. Leaders, teachers will receive a stricter judgment than other believers when they stand before God. Why? Because of their greater influence, because they've been entrusted with more. Luke chapter 12, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked of that person. Because when a leader makes mistakes, it affects the people that follow that leader. Those in positions of influence, they give an account for how they use that influence. Uh, we give an account for what we do with our lives and for what we do with the influence that he entrusts us. You see, because there's a difference between holding a position and being a leader. There's a difference. People that understand what real leadership is about, they don't forget the responsibility, the privilege of leading and teaching. Verse two, we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say, look at that, never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. You see, the tongue is a spiritual meter. If we can control that, we can control the entire body. It becomes this gauge for maturity in our lives. Listen, our, our faith will never be higher than our words. It's a gauge for us. I want to read the, the next nine verses. I typically don't read that long of a portion, but I just want to read these next nine verses Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. What incredible truths in these 12 verses. In fact, this is the longest discourse in the Bible, specifically dealing with the tongue where they're all, it's all together. Although James has touched on this in chapter one, we talked about that, he digs even deeper here in chapter three. And here's what we know. Unless we have a genuine encounter with the living word, unless we're able to submit our lives, then our tongues will never be tamed. How often, how often have we said things that we wish we could get back? Husbands, how often have you, you thought, oh, baby, as soon, as soon as it left your mouth, you thought, uh-oh, that is not good for me. That's not good for me. As soon as it left, you thought, that, oh, that was not a good idea. Not a, I, thought, why? I couldn't stop it. We wish we could get it back. Psalm chapter 141. I love this. Listen to this prayer. Help me, Lord, to keep my mouth shut and my lips sealed. Boy, that, don't you love that prayer? Lord, have mercy. Help me to keep my big mouth shut. I know, that's a, that's a pretty good prayer to pray. That's a pretty good prayer to pray about every day. Right, maybe, maybe a couple times a day. would be a good prayer to pray. Catch it once about right after breakfast, a little bit after lunchtime, then right before you step in the door for dinner time. Right. A few times a day, that's a good prayer. Lord, have mercy, help me keep my big mouth shut and my lips sealed. The tongue, it is so interesting. A chameleon's tongue is twice the size of its entire body. That's why it can snatch things. The, uh, the blue whale, its tongue weighs the same amount as a Ford truck. How many know? That whale is offending some folks in the, in the ocean. <laughs> That's right. Dolphin, Hey dolphin, Your mama. I just can't help it. It just can't help it. It weighs the same size of a truck. Can't control Hey, yeah, you tame that. You can't tame that. The human tongue listen, the human tongue only weighs about 30 ounces. 30 ounces. Boy, it can sure get us into a lot of trouble, though. A, a woman's tongue, yeah, is Father's Day. It's Father's Day. We're coming up th- after the women today. It's Father's Day. <laughs> a woman's tongue is actually, on average, about a one inch shorter than a man's tongue. Yeah. Y'all know that ain't right. <laughs> Someone messed up there. On, listen, on average, a man says about 7,000 words a day. Seven thousand. Women... That's right, it's Father's Day. Women, on average, say about 20,000 words a day. I just want to let that settle in for just a second. Almost three times the amount. 13,000 more words a day. A day. Listen, in the first six verses, James, he makes some comparisons about the tongue. And here's here's the overlying truth of what he tells us. The tongue is small, but powerful. Small. It is so small, but power. The power that it holds in our lives. In comparison to the rest of our body, it's so small. And yet, it has tremendous influence on our homes, on our marriages, on our children, the people around us. It is disproportionately powerful in comparison to the size of it compared to the rest of our body. And because James is so practical, it really is a blueprint on how faith works in our lives. He gives us a few illustrations to help us more clearly understand how powerful it is. The first one is this. The tongue is a bridle. The tongue is a bridle. James chapter three, verse three. And when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the entire animal. I love horses. Horses are probably my my most favorite animal. They're amazing animals. They're, they're beautiful. I mean, how many watched uh, American Pharaoh win the, the Triple Crown? Anyway. I mean, I just admit something. I cried when I watched that. Isn't, that. isn't that pathetic? It's just pathetic. I know it is. just amazing animal, though. Beautiful. Their coats, they look like satin. They're majestic. Just the way they walk. Their grace. When they run, literally, at one point, all four of their feet are off the ground. They're, they're suspended in the air. These, shoot, 3,000 pounds suspended in the air. They're extremely powerful, though. The muscles. It's like, woo, it's just power. I love it. It's where we get the word horse power. I love it when they're loading them into the, the gates, you know, because, I mean, it is just like pent up. They're like, woo. I mean, it's like, let me out. It's amazing. But how many know you get in front of a horse when it's running, and it'll kill you? It's like a freight train. How can something so beautiful, so graceful kill you? Uh, that moment right before those gates. They have that one calm moment. You know, they shove the rear end of that last horse into those gates, and you wait it's just that one moment. And then it's just <laughs> no holds barred, right? And yet they're controlled by this little four foot eight, hundred-pound little guy, guiding and directing and steering, and he holds the reins that are connected to this little five-inch metal steel bit. The bridle, controlling, directing, even, so powerful, the damage it can do, the amazing grace it can display. Likewise, the tongue. The tongue is powerful. It is a bridle. It's, it's a bit. It guides and directs. Do you realize how much power is in your words the things that you say and confess, both negatively and positively. Because with the words that we say, we can literally change the environment and the atmosphere of a room. Hey, I love you. You're the most incredible son. Hey, I, bel- I believe in you. I, I just want to just let you know, I'm so proud of you. I just want to remind you, you mean the world to me. You, you just take my breath away. Look look at you. You're beautiful. Wow. Look at you. It's the power. It's the power of the tongue. It has influence. How about this? I can't stand you. You make me sick. I wish you were never born get out. I don't want to see you ever again. I want a divorce. I don't like you anymore. You're not attractive to me anymore. What a disappointment you are. Couldn't you be like your brother? Can you see that? You just feel it. Your words literally change the atmosphere and the environment. I've walked into homes and you just sense this is a place of encouragement. This is a place of life. And i walked into homes, you just, you felt almost like oppression. Why? Because their words shape the environment, the atmosphere. Secondly, James tells us that the tongue is a rudder. It's a rudder. Verse four, take ships as an example, although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. It's amazing to me. Ashley and I have taken a couple of cruises in our married life. Uh, we hate cruises. We found that out. Uh, we do not like them at all. Uh, our kids love them, so it's wonderful for them. So we've just decided to drop them off to the boat and send them on the boat. And <laughs> have that, all the ice cream you can eat, kids. Have fun. Um, we don't like them. But it's amazing to me, these huge vessels, I mean stories, they're huge, and this, this rudder determines the direction no matter how big the boat is it literally forces and engages the change that is necessary to change the position of the boat the rudder it determines the direction of the boat and eventually it'll determine the destination of that boat some of us some of us wonder how we ended up in a home where there's no life how do we end up in a marriage that has no passion? How did our kids end up not liking themselves? Why do they function from a place of fear? And that's exactly where our tongues led us. It's exactly where our words led us. Listen, the tongue determines the direction of our lives and eventually your words will determine the destination of your life, your words. Finally, James says that the tongue is a spark. It's a spark, Verse five, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. This past week, I was watching a special on wildfires in California. They were talking about this wildfire that just had broken out. And they were talking about how the current drought that they've been in for the last four or five years has extended the wildfire season. It used to begin from May to September, and now they start having wildfires in January. Just, just since January, between January and April, there were about 1,000 wildfires that burn up about 4,000 acres. Think of that. Last year, there was one fire alone burnt 60,000 acres in six hours. Think about it, The numbers are just astronomical. And these fires, they, in such a short amount of time, they destroy what took years to grow and mature because of a spark. A wildfire is created an entire forest get destroyed and annihilated, and then it takes years for it to grow back. James says, your words are like that. They're like a spark. We, we say things so flippantly, just a, just a flicker, just a comment, just a phrase, just a little insensitive remark, just a dig, just a little opinion, and it's a spark. And it has the potential to ignite a fire that can produce massive ruins and utter destruction in someone's life. Here's the thing, because it can make impact way beyond where it started. There are fires that start over here and 200 miles later, the same fire from the spark that was over here. Likewise, we can say something over here and two years, five years, 10 years later, it's affecting someone's life. Why? Because our words have a lasting impact way beyond their origination. Impact. Sometimes decades. Ashley and I, we sit with couples. And you know, most often, they don't talk about what was said that day or even what was said yesterday. You know what they most talk about? They talk about what was said a year ago, five years ago, what their mom said to them, when they were a kid why because it's a spark and it has the potential to start a fire yeah, be careful with your words listen once they are said yes they can be forgiven but they can never be forgotten ever gossip gossip is like a a match that that sparks a fire gossip hurts people it kills relationships it destroys trust You know what I found? Gossipers usually attract other gossipers. They're kind of like magnets. And they see things alike. Of course, they are right. The next time you begin to tell something about someone, just ask yourself a couple questions. Would I say this publicly? Would I say it if the person were right here? And if you can't say yes to either one of those, maybe you can conclude that you shouldn't say it privately either, right? Or maybe, maybe you've been guilty of listening to someone who was gossiping and you didn't have the wisdom to either walk away or redirect the conversation. And instead, by association, we assassinate someone's character. Every listener has the ability to walk away from a conversation. Every listener. No one, listen, no one has the right to force dirt in your ears. You have a choice. So, in order for the words of a gossiper to be successful, there have to be two parties the gossiper and the listener. Without a listener, the gossiper's voice is silenced. You literally paralyze their ability to discuss things that aren't their business to discuss. Proverbs chapter 26, look at this. Fire goes out without wood and quarrels disappear when gossip stops. So, when someone strikes the match of gossip and ignites the spark, don't become the kindling that creates the fire of destruction. Don't become the wood for their fire. Proverbs chapter 11, look. With their words, the godless destroy their friends, not their enemies. Their friends, the people that we claim to care for the most, we destroy their lives with our words. Look at verse 12. It is foolish to belittle one's neighbor. A sensible person keeps quiet, but a gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. We just make a a comment here. Now, listen, now because of technology, we can make a comment, and it literally goes around the world. If we live in a different world today. Not, not only do we need to tame our actual tongues, we, we need to tame our, our thumb tongues. You know what I'm talking about? The texting tongue, the comment tongue, the Twitter tongue, the Instagram tongue, where we just, we just give a little jab, just a little comment on what we think. That we, we push send and that spark is ignited. And if we're not careful, it can create an inferno of pain to the degree, listen, we actually think to ourselves when we're posting something, boy, I hope so and so sees this. Ooh, boy, do they need to hear this? We're posting with people in mind. How many have ever um, read something on social media and you read it and you knew it was directed at you? Ever happened to you? Like you go, that's from a conversation from two weeks ago. Oh, dear God, they're still hanging on to that. <laughs> Let it go, jeez. Just a few words. Look at verse 6, the tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. The tongue, the tongue is powerful, the tongue is influential, the tongue is directional, and the tongue is impactful. Here's the deal, James says that the tongue has been a problem since the day we were born, and it will be a problem till Jesus returns. It will always be a challenge in our lives. It's, a hum, it's human nature. It's in our fallen, sinful nature. I never had to teach my kids how to say the word no. 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 I didn't even teach them how, to, how they had to say it. They just, no. What? I never had to teach them or train them how to express their dislike or disapproval of something. How, how to communicate your honest opinion of something. If you've ever been to our house, you know it. Is, they say, I don't like you. Get away from me. Your breath stinks. Man, I, whatever. It's just, it goes from here to here, just like that. No filter. You annoy me. Okay, great. Happy Father's Day. Great. Good. Look around. You see all this? You want to sleep in a bed tonight? Air conditioned? No? I don't like you. It's amazing how instinctively our children respond. They react. It's a problem since the day we were born, and it will be a problem. I'll tell you you what I did have to teach my kids. What words were not acceptable? What do we say, parents? We we don't say that word here. We We don't use that kind of language. This past week, slate I don't know what he's been watching. He said something. I was like, whoa, where did you learn that at? I'll say that. Where'd you learn that? We don't say that word around here. That's not acceptable. Here's the deal. Kids will repeat what they hear and they will repeat patterns every time. So the next time you go to react, the next time you go to respond, think to yourself, is this how I want them to talk to their kids someday? Is, is this how I want my boy to talk to his wife someday? Is this, is this how I want my grandchildren to be spoken to? Is this the language that I want spoken in my home? Your kids don't need be dropping any kind of bomb. But I know where they learn it. Think, next time, you just think, is this the way I want them to talk to their kids? Is this the way I want my grandkids treated? Look at Ephesians chapter 4. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and Helpful. So that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way that you live. How do you do that? You get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander. What does that mean? If you want to grieve the Holy Spirit, then use words of bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words. We lash out. We say these things. We go, Where did that come? It's our sinful, fallen nature. Verse 7. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. James even goes one step further and says, the tongue is humanly untamable. No man can tame it. When left to ourselves, we will say things, we will react, we will respond, we will lash out. It's in us. Now, here's here's the good news. The tongue may be humanly untamable, but it is divinely tameable. Humanly untamable, divinely tameable. The Bible says that no man can tame the tongue, but the Holy Spirit is well able to tame the tongue if it's submitted to his sanctifying power. The only way, the only way our tongue can be subdued, tamed, brought under control is if we submit it to the control of the Holy Spirit. By committing your tongue, your mouth to the lordship of Jesus Christ, you give the Holy Spirit the authority to come into the realm of your life with his power and with his control. Let let me say it this way. Your ability or inability to control your tongue will reveal how much control you've given to the Holy Spirit. I can promise you, the more control you give to the Holy Spirit the less prone you will be to lash out anger reacting striking verse 9 and with the tongue we praise our lord and father and with it we curse human beings who have made god who've been made in god's likeness out of the same mouth come praise and cursing my brothers and sisters this should not be can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear, fri- bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Sometimes there is such a huge disconnect between what we claim with our mouths here and what we say with our mouths during the week. Out of the same mouth, hope and peace and encouragement... How are you doing? Oh, awesome. God's just amazing. And your wife's like rolling her eyes. and like, go, oh, geez, Pete. If you would have heard what he said to me last night. Same mouth. Same mouth. And then, uh, then one minute later, bitterness and anger and slander. And God, we can bless and we can curse. We can help and we can hurt. We can choose. What kind of life do you want flowing from the spring of your mouth? Is your tongue going to be a source of Blessing. There's going to be a source of cursing. Boy, it's so true. We have to be so careful. Sometimes I can wake up in the best mood, ready to conquer the world, and just the slightest thing sets me off. And then it's just downhill from there. Some of you may know this. Uh, Some of you may not. As a young kid, uh, I grew up with a lot of ear problems and uh, constant ear infections, tubes, three separate times, and that led to me having hearing problems um, to the degree that if my back was to you, I probably wasn't going to catch it. Uh, I just, I wouldn't be able to hear it. I went through all the testing. You know, I'd sit in those, they put these like huge moon headphones on you, right? And they say, raise your hand when you hear the tone. Boop, 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 boop. Sit in these testing rooms, all these testings, and raising your hand. I'd sit at the dinner table, mom and dad, uh, you know, I was always singing as a kid, but it was al- it was almost like I had headphones on all the time, and I couldn't realize how loud I was talking or singing. And I was always singing as a kid. And I'd sit down at the dinner table, and I'd be in my own world, just oblivious to anything else going on. And Mom and Dad would have to go, "Hey, Devin, we don't need a concert. We're we're good. Maybe maybe a little softer, a little less on the singing. We're trying to eat. We're trying to talk. Can't talk over your singing. It's wonderful, but it's loud." And uh, my hearing problems then led to me having uh, speech challenges. I had uh, trouble pronouncing words that started with C-H. ch- that sound. ch. And uh, I had problems with my R's. I couldn't roll my R's. And I remember uh, on the drive to Sunday morning uh, to church, every Sunday morning, uh, I'd sit in the back of the car and my, my mom and dad would test me every week with I have two sisters, so my two sisters are sitting there and they're testing me, you know. Devin, say chicken. Say church. Say checkers. Say chair. I remember it like it was yesterday. I'd sit in the back of that Green Buick station wagon week after week. And I I would say, I kind of say it like this. I go, chicken. (laughs) Church. Checkers. Yeah, yeah. I, could, I couldn't. Ch, ch, err, 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 roll your R's, checkers. I go to speech therapy, and uh, man, week after week. But you know, God has a sense of humor, hard of hearing, speech therapy. Now, I get to get up every week and talk to people. Don't ever underestimate what God can do in your life. Parents, 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 don't ever underestimate what God can do in your kid's life. Don't ever underestimate it. What, What did it take? What did it take? It took parents that were willing for their tongues to be sources of life and encouragement, and you can do it. Church, chicken, checkers, you can say it, Devin, you can do it. Make a choice. Make the conscious effort to be a source of blessing, not cursing, helping, not hurting. How many you know? It would have been pretty difficult for me to plan a church. Right? It's kind of difficult for people to follow a church planter. I'm not sure I want to listen to that every week. Is someone else speaking? I don't know. You're You're Your words are powerful. Your words carry direction. Your words have influence. Your words can impact someone's life. So how do we, with the help of the Holy Spirit, tame the tongue? Because I really do believe, I believe James wants us to go to a little speech therapy today. He wants us to learn how to use our inside voices a little better. Look at Psalm chapter 19. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. This verse connects our words and our heart. And the way that they can become acceptable in the sight of God is when he gives us strength and when he redeems. So, just, just a few practical ways for us to work with the Holy Spirit and tame our tongue. The first is this pause. Pause. Remember when we read in, in chapter 1, we, we studied this a few weeks ago. Look at that verse in chapter 1, verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, pause, slow down, hold your tongue. Maybe maybe it's good to just not say anything right now. Maybe it's just a chill, calm down. Boy, Boy, there have been days when I wish I just would have paused. Just hit the pause button. Hey, Devin, what do you think about that? Let's go pause. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe I'll just pause here. Let me put it on pause before I retaliate. Before we have a little verbal exchange. Before we do a little sparring. How many know, usually in marriages, one, one spouse is really good with words and really quick, and the other one kind of struggles to keep up? Boy, it can become a real sparring match. And the one that's good is just jabbing the heck out of that person. It's like, wah, 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 ah, you know. A little exchange. Before I strike the match, before I incite the spark. Listen, silence can never be misquoted. Never moat. Silence. I, mean, I just need to pause. Hey, Devin, hey, Devin, you got a thought on that? What do you think about that? Good, good. Second way. Second way to work with the Holy Spirit is this. We're going to ponder. We're going to ponder. We're going to pause. We're going to ponder. God, help me to think before I speak. To re- just resist the urge to just respond off the cuff. Measure my words. Consider the weight of my words. I had this friend who uh, used to travel with me when I was traveling in music. Uh, he played an incredible guitarist, but he was, re- he was kind of like a germaphobe and... And we would typically room together, so it worked out well because our propensities to having dysfunction worked out well together. It was good. Um, but he he was like really into his teeth. He had like all these like special unique tools and utensils, and he had this he had like a tongue scraper. You ever heard that? A tongue scraper? It's like just a special tool just to scrape my tongue. I look at him What in the world? He's like, Yeah, you don't know what you don't know what diseases you're carrying. All kinds of stuff dear God. Tongue scraper. I don't know what that is. Listen, I believe, I believe when you think before you speak, it helps to scrape off those words that you would have spoken. You just think. You just what's it, what's it mean to think before we speak? Just a simple acronym. Maybe you've seen this before. Think. T. Is it true? Just very simply. Is it the truth? No, not your version of truth. Is it the truth? H, is it helpful? Am I helping someone or am I hurting someone? Am I going to make the situation better or am I going to stir something up? Is it help? Is it going to be encouraging? Your your words, they're like elevators. They're either taking people up or they're taking people down. Is it helpful? I, is it inspiring? Does it cause people to want to be more like Jesus? Does it inspire people to pursue their dreams and their calling? Does it inspire people to become more loving and caring and understanding? Are they inspired to pursue relationships, do life together? Or are my words a burden? Do they load people down with discouragement? Does it inspire them? And is it necessary? Is it even needed? What's the point? What's the purpose of you telling someone that? What's the end goal? What are you trying to accomplish? Okay, is it kind? That's a good one, isn't it? Is it kind? I have, a, I have issues when I'm driving. Um, I, I just struggle not to respond quickly with my words when I'm driving. Someone cuts me off, pulls in front of me, or doesn't use their blinker, or does not know what to do at a four way stop. Just look at you. I'm in the car, I'm like, idiot. Jeez. Oh! My kids are in the back, like, what's wrong? This guy. <sighs> I coach. I coach sports. I love to coach sports. Coach my kids in all kinds of sports. My, my son right now is in T ball. Listen, I'm not a coach, but I promise you, I'm still coaching. Still coaching. It's like, come here, get over here. I'm still coaching. I've watched parents through the years. I've been at soccer, football, baseball, basketball, i coached it all. Parents on the sideline, that was terrible. Call the call, ref. It's like, come get you some. <laughs> like, what? They're eight. They're eight. Maybe you should back it down. Chill out. Golly. It seems to me that you may have missed a call there. (laughs) Possibly you could... Why don't you start talking with British when you want to be proper? I don't know. Possibly you could handle some designer spectacles. Maybe that could help you. The tie goes to the runner. Maybe you could use that bar on the side of your steering column when you're going to turn. Possibly, just knock it down up left down right No, just chill out chill out we're going to pause we're going to ponder final thing we're going to do with the holy spirit with his help we're going to pray praying lips lips that pray lips that pray they'll build up they'll edify May we start to pray before we respond. God, help us to ask for wisdom before we redirect someone's life with our words. Just pause. Ponder. Listen, loose lips will sink you, but praying lips will lift you up. Praying lips will preserve your life. Praying lips will preserve someone else's life. Taming the tongue. It's a matter of faith. The tongue. It's a very spiritual subject. Directly tied to your heart. Matthew chapter 12. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. That's what it speaks. Chapter 15, verse 11. Same, Same book. It is not what goes into the mouth that makes a person unclean. But it is what comes out of the mouth that makes a person unclean. The things that come out of the mouth come from the heart and it is those things that make a person unclean. Let me me say it this way. What goes down from the well always comes up in the bucket. What's down in the well always comes up in the bucket. What's down in your heart will always come out. Always come out. Be listening. Be listening. Because someone will reveal their heart to you. You see, gossip, gossip does not reveal a gossiping tongue. It reveals a gossiping heart. Jealousy does not reveal a jealous tongue. No, no, it reveals a jealous heart. Because what's in your heart? Well, come on, here's the deal. Our tongues tell on our heart. They tell on your heart. That's why you need to listen when someone's talking because they'll tell you what's in them. That's why praying lips reveal a praying heart, a contrite heart. That's why we need to ask God to transform us, to help us. The things we say, they're a product of your heart. It's a spiritual condition. You want a a humble mouth? Have a humble heart. You want transformed speech and transformed chatting and transformed texting and transformed posting? Uh, you get a transformed heart. You get a transformed heart. Guess what? Jesus, His Holy Spirit, He can do it. Why? Humanly untamable, divinely tameable. He can give you the power, the strength to pause, ponder and to pray before you respond. Lord, thanks again for joining us. If you want to join us on Sunday, we meet at 1030 a.m. right next to Wilson Central High School or check us out online at connectchurchtn.com. Thanks so much and have a blessed day.